how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're vital. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the show. In this episode, I talked to two guests from the new film, A Million Miles Away, now on Amazon. I talked to the director and actually the subject of the film, who was actually the first migrant farm worker to become an astronaut and go to space. From his humble beginnings in Mexico to working in the crop fields alongside his family in California to being selected for an astronaut training by NASA. A very, very exciting episode. As always, I have my producer, Marianne, with us. Uh, Mary, what was kind of your take on this? Kind of, you're you're in Venezuela. These movies have a certain um, feel to you, and this one is maybe trying to be a little bit different. But give me your take on this interview and um, what they're trying to accomplish with this film. There's the part where Alejandra Marquez, she she's the filmmaker of the film. She's Mexican, so she talks about showing her culture in a different way that is usually portrayed. I think when it comes to Latin American culture, what is usually portrayed is like the narco stuff and there's so much more. And I was actually mentioning to you before we started recording that a lot of what Americans do when they try to show a Latin American country is that they show like a, a country with like this like orange filter in it. It's really funny because if you go to Mexico or Argentina or Venezuela, it's like a really colorful and just vibrant and they're really beautiful places and it's not at all the whole like um, kind of like desert, old dust, no roads kind of thing that they usually show. It's not at all like that. And yeah, it's nice to have people out there that show our culture in the way that it actually is and not like the way people imagine it to be which is usually not very uh flattering yeah, yeah i think most when you think of the orange content you think of sicario and cartel yeah. films and narcos and some of that stuff so I definitely love what they have to say about this. So here's my conversation with the director, Alejandra, and the subject of the film, Jose, how they wanted to go about making this film, making it represent their people in the best way possible and showing this amazing, incredible, true story. Here's that conversation. I think it's not honorable enough, but I think I'm a big control freak. I think that drew me into filmmaking. I like to create small universes that I get to, you know, choose what happens, who lives, who dies, and how that happens. I think that's that's my thing. And Jose's, I mean, Jose's story is such an amazing, unbelievable, I mean, when I heard the line, farm worker, migrant astronaut, I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> um. Maybe a question for both of you, but there's a lot of talk in the movie about tenacity, perseverance, multiple ways to say it. Um, Jose, where did that initially come from? When did you first have this idea of what you wanted to pursue? 
And what kind of helped you stick with it for such a long period of time? Well, you know, the dream was conceived when I was 10 years old. I uh, saw the very last Apollo mission watching Gene Cernan walk on the surface of the moon. If you could imagine a 10-year-old kid uh, grabbing onto a rabbit ear antenna, watching a black and white TV, and listening to Gene Cernan talk to Mission Control Houston, and uh, listening and watching the reporter Walter Cronkite narrating that, uh, that was me. And uh, it must have been because I was holding the antenna through osmosis that I, that I became an astronaut because, uh, you know, I never let go of that dream. But, you know, I think my father had a lot to do with it because he sat down and he gave me that recipe that Alejandra very masterfully sprinkles across the movie that allowed me to become an astronaut. Now, you talk about perseverance and where did I get that trait? Well, no one likes rejection, right? And I was rejected 11 times. It wasn't until the 12th time that I got selected. But each time I got rejected, you know, I allowed myself a day or two to soak in it. But then I would prop myself back up and I said, hey, you know, the fact that you want to be an astronaut motivated you to go to college, get a graduate degree, work at a world premier research facility, and uh, earn a good living. Not a bad consolation prize, given from where I came from as a migrant farm worker. This is why I always tell folks in my motivational talks, it's very important that you enjoy the journey to your destination because that's about 80, 90% of the time. The other thing I touch upon is the difference between perseverance and strategic perseverance. Mm. And I'll tell you, when my wife, when I was ready to throw in the towel at the sixth rejection, she asked me this profound yet very simple question what do they have that you don't have? And that's when perseverance transformed into strategic perseverance because then I took a deep dive into everybody's curriculum that got selected, found out they were pilots, scuba dive rated, knew multiple languages, and I started acquiring those traits. And uh, lo and behold, on my 12th try, I got invited to be part of the 19th class of astronauts. What similarities did you see, Alejandra, in, in um, Jose's story as your own story, your own journey to become a filmmaker, writer, director? I mean, it was a parallel experience. I was going into this film, which is my first English language film. I had to compete, you know, to get the job. I was among 11 directors who were chosen to, you know, bring their pitches and explain their takes. And so I, was, I wasn't feeling com confident enough. I, I didn't think that I had it, you know, but I, I, I thought, well, maybe I'm going to try because, you know, it's a good exercise. And then, of course, I found in my own material the source of inspiration that I needed because I kept saying, like, if Jose, you know, walked into NASA and achieved this feeling probably the same that he would, you know, than me, maybe I can do this, maybe I can just grab some power from there and do my thing, and it worked out. So I hope this film does that for a lot of people because it sure did that for me. When you two first met, what types of conversations did you have? How did you kind of connect forward some of the things you were talking about? Well, I was shocked to meet an astronaut. That was my first astronaut <laughs> I've ever met, and, and I was super shy. But then I saw Jose, and he brought Adela, 
his wife yeah. to the Zoom that we were having, and I saw his polo shirt with the NASA logo, and I, you know, I saw his kitchen, and I and I thought, well, this this man could be my family, you know? He he looks like someone who could be my family, and I felt like very. It was a very heartwarming sensation. So I I think. That confidence that was built between us there paid off in the film, no? Absolutely, absolutely. When we met was during the pandemic, and uh, and so we couldn't meet in person at the beginning, mm -hmm. and uh, and we met via Zoom, and it was exactly in uh, our kitchen, and mm -hmm. I, I thought it was very important that she meet Adela and myself since we were going to be the principal characters, and uh, and you know, we spoke to her in Spanish. Uh, because in our house we speak Spanish, and uh, I think that put Alejandra a little bit more at ease. And I was certainly very excited in a sense that I say, okay, I've seen different biopics and complaints from the people that are in the biopic that they weren't accurately portrayed. And so I, we just got to make sure that uh, she gets it right. And, uh, <laughs> and boy, did she ever. She, she did a masterful job. How do you both think now that, you know, the film is out, obviously you, you became an astronaut, you kind of both fulfilled some dreams already in your life. How do you think about or give advice to other people that are chasing something that seems really overwhelming, whether that just be taking small incremental steps or what are some thoughts that come to mind about kind of teaching perseverance to others? You know, I've subscribed to my father's, you know, five ingredient recipe and you add perseverance to it. But the thing I always tell people is, you know, if you're not afraid of hard work, keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty much like scaling a big mountain, okay? You don't want to look up to the top of the mountain and say, that's where I want to be, and oh my God, this is overwhelming, I can't do this. What you do is you look five feet in front of you, mm -hmm. and you take step after step after step after step. That's where the perseverance comes into play. And, uh, and, and so that's what I tell folks, don't be afraid, but do it in incremental steps. Eventually you'll get there. Don't try to do it in one giant leap because you'll never get there and you'll get overwhelmed. And I think it's a matter of being authentic and being true to yourself. If you try to do things as others would do, I think you get frustrated and disconnected you know, and I think you have to believe in what you're doing and you have to follow your own ideas, even if they sound crazy or even if they don't fit what everyone is telling you. I think that's a scary challenge, but if you get to survive, you know, the leap, it's going to pay off big time. So Alejandro, when you, I think you mentioned you guys met during the pandemic. Uh, there was already, the, the film was in production, I guess you would say. Was there already a script? Like, what are some of the logistics? You came on and did you add to the script? And then what were some of the logistics of you kind of winning the bid and then taking like your vision of the project? I won the project with, and my idea, my take was that this wasn't a story about a man who achieved big things despite he was a migrant farm worker. It was, you know, all around. It was because he was a migrant farm worker that he did achieve all of that and that you know i remember people being silent in the room like oh okay okay that's that's interesting and i'm like that's interesting okay let's do that let's try to think of this film within that frame and yeah the, there was a script 
uh, and I think I brought a little bit of the authenticity the film needed. I, I am talking about the concept of the guacamolization of <laughs> some things, you know? Like, I think that the Mexican community and the Mexican-American community are constantly portrayed as, or how the American community wants to see them and not, you know, it's not a, it's not bringing justice to the community mostly. Very stereotypical, right? Yeah, and, and it's just, it's, yeah, it's trying to please someone else, not the actual community who is being depicted. And that was a big thing for me. And I think that that was the center of everything. I wanted to talk about community because I think that's a very Hispanic trait, but a very Mexican trait. I wanted to bring the music and the, and the actual specific food. I mean, guacamole is delicious, but you know, there's other stuff that you can try and that you can put on a film if you're gonna huh, make a restaurant yeah. scene. Yeah. So that. What are some of the things that you purposely wanted to take out? You mentioned some of the things you wanted to add. Uh, what are some things that you don't like to see in some, some previous films about Mexican heritage? Mm. I guess like the negative traits, so I think the stereotypical negative traits that the community has or funny traits, the humanizing traits, I think. Yeah, I mean, I keep thinking about what we added, not just me, but, but the whole crew on cast. We wanted to have an actual love scene, you know, boy meets girl kind of situation that's not that, obvious in a, in a film about the, the Latino community. Mm -hmm. So, and that's a shame, you know, because we exist, we have feelings, we meet people, we fall in love and, and that. So there have been some other maybe astronaut based films, were there some other films that you looked to when you were thinking about the style of this, that you either wanted to replicate or avoid? Yeah, we saw a bunch of them, but I like to think that these, this is a film about Earth, you know? It's also literally, it starts with people, you know, putting their hands on the Earth. So to me, that was, I, I didn't want to like get too, you know, like confused by the space thing, you know? I, I wanted to, to focus on the Earth, on the trainings, on the effort that, you know, this man had to go through to get up there and then just enjoy the moments, the few moments that we have up there where he's looking actually down to earth, you know, earth is still the center of, of the film. So. Hmm. Um, Jose, you mentioned doing some motivational speaking. Are there some themes in the film that you've also kind of talked about publicly that you wanted to make sure kind of come across in the film? Uh, yes. I, I think it's uh, very important that the film, what it demonstrated was that it was an effort not done by one individual who started working as a farm worker and became an astronaut, but rather it was an effort of a family, of community, and the importance of having that support structure that allowed me to flourish and to reach my goal. And I think that was an important element, and that is so important in our culture, that's what happens uh, you know, and I was glad that Alejandra didn't put the stereotypical images of what the public expects to see of an Hispanic family, 
but that mm. she put what really happens in a Hispanic family with respect to the love and the unity and the support structure that exists in each family. Is there anything, I know you're kind of early, maybe in the promotion process, but maybe what surprised you most about either the film itself or the reception of the film so far? To me, um, what, what has surprised me the most is that um, I've yet to meet someone who says their eyes hadn't watered up. Uh, and so, and especially if you talk to uh, uh, the Hispanic community, I was very surprised at how my story is so relatable to their personal experiences. Mm. And, uh, and so that's what makes it such a powerful film that uh, Alejandra so masterfully depicted. Because, uh, you know, it's hard to put a whole life in two hours. Mm -hmm. And she did an incredible job. And, uh, and to, you know, even me watching it after four times, uh, you still get a lump in your throat and I still get dirt in my eyes. You know, it, uh, it's a pretty powerful movie. So I'm very happy, very grateful that Alejandra did such a great job. And the actors, I mean, my gosh, you know, Michael Pena did a great, great effort. He did his homework. He interviewed me and uh, he mimicked me personality-wise. Uh, and, you know, I won't even mention Rosa Salazar. I mean, she stole some scenes in that movie because she nailed my wife's personality to the T. I could uh, swear I was seeing my wife on the screen personality-wise. And so everybody did it such a great effort. And I think everybody loved the script. Everybody took it in. And even from the person holding the camera to the lead actor, they all had some emotional equity vested in the project. And Alejandra did a great job at corralling that effort to make it into a great movie. There's this idea that the, you know, the personal is universal. Um, was there any pressure to make the story fit all audiences? I mean, obviously it does, you know, but was there any pressure to make sure that all audiences can connect with the story? Any advice you might pass along for other minority filmmakers trying to get these different new stories across as opposed to kind of the same old thing? I think we were pretty... We had the freedom to create whatever this, you know, film needed to be, to have this story being told as, as it should. I think we didn't have any restrictions there. Of course, there are some things that are very specific that maybe some people that don't share our heritage can be you know, it's like, what's that? Is that what does that represent? And and I think it's okay for those people to just not understand everything. Maybe no. Mm. So mm. nobody has. So the big message is there, is sent. The film works, and it's very universal, as you're saying. I think because the feelings, everybody wants something. Everybody has felt rejection. Everybody, you know, has gone through these sort of experiences. But I think there's may, may be a couple of things. For example, how people perceive the music of the film, if they're Hispanic or, you know, or if they grew up in Boston, <laughs> you know, having another kind of, it's different. I mean, the music works. It's a beautiful piece of, you know, it's a beautiful selection of music, but it's gonna play different for, I don't know, someone who grew up listening to these songs Mm -hmm. And someone who it's the first time they hear, it, no, even if 
they're big hits for us. So it's a matter of perception and it's it's a thing that we have to learn how to share and how to receive other cultures with an open heart and willing to learn and not have everything explained, you know? Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little more about, so you're kind of, I think you said this was the first film you made that was, that was all in English or mostly in English. Um, how did you, you, you kind of just mentioned like taking a chance, but what else was kind of behind that? What made you want to, what, what gave you the confidence to at least give it an effort where you may have played it safe with something you've done before? What kind of stood out about this project for you? Well, I think the needs of this project were different to anything that I've done before. I've done independent films. I've done mostly despicable characters in the <laughs> past, villains, little villains that I criticize or hate or, you know, try to convince an audience to follow. And it's hard, no, to, to convince an audience to follow a villain. And then you have this amazing, admirable, wonderful character. And I was threatened by it, no? Like, how am I gonna do this? I don't know how to elevate this, no? And so I had to learn <laughs> how to do it. I had to be careful. I had to bring some shadows into the light so that, you know, it it played better and it built better in the audience's heart. And then technically, this was a huge challenge for me and my team. You know, the whole NASA recreation, the training scenes, so I've never done a supersonic plane before in my life. And I'm not nervous about those things. I know that if you have the right crew and the right people, I don't have to know everything. You know, you come into set and say, who knows how to do this? Okay, let's do it, no? And then you just do it and then you've done it and it's there. So I'm not afraid of those challenging scenes. I'm afraid of the whole thing, not the, the new thing. I was afraid, not anymore. <laughs> I just got maybe um, one or two more. So we're, we're talking about tenacity and perseverance, but for both of you, not only do you have to believe in your dream and kind of maybe get the community or your team to, to kind of surround, you also have to move from just the dreamer to the leader in, in some ways, right? How do you think about leadership and delegating and thinking with others and some of those things that really like have to happen for both of these dreams to come true? Well, I think in terms of uh, leadership, you have to uh, believe in the folks you are working with and you entrust with them in doing their part to move forward. Uh, just like Alejandra just mentioned, you know, she said, hey, I have never done supersonic planes, but I trust someone in my team knows how to do this and this is the way I want it. So she, she gives that vision and then the person goes ahead and makes it happen. You know, I always trust folks and give them the responsibility until they show me that they can't come through. And that's when you pull away those responsibilities and you give it to somebody else. So uh, leadership is a lot about trusting the people you work with and, uh, and working with them. And a lot has to do with communication, articulating what it is that you want very clearly and not give them a bring me a rock exercise because then that creates frustration on both sides. Mm -hmm. I think for me it has been important to have a what I call a feminist leadership. It has been important to lead with 
responsibility and care. If you care and you care for people and for the situations you are in, I think things come out better. And I think that if you think about leadership as responsibility rather than authority, so I'm responsible for this, so you know, I can, I'm assuming that responsibility, I'm assuming this budget, I'm assuming, you know, this, this path, and, and I have to deliver, you know, I have to deliver something that's good enough. That was great. I really appreciate your time. Um, we'll just do one more. If I know you guys are doing a lot of questions today, probably a lot of the same questions over and over. Is there anything you haven't been asked or anything else you'd like to share about the film that you haven't had a chance to share today? About the film itself, I just think that, um, you know, my hope is that it becomes an instant inspirational classic that people, when winter comes year after year, as we get together with our families, and, uh, and watch something on TV that this is one of the go-to movies that they would go and see because, uh, again, Alejandra did such a masterful job in, uh, in articulating my father's five-ingredient recipe and adding the component that I add, added, which is perseverance. And, uh, you know, it's a feel-good movie, but it hopefully gives the viewer the tools to uh, perhaps dream even bigger and convert their dreams into reality. And so that's what I'm hoping. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Before you take off, I want to give you a free gift. I'm giving you my first book, Ink by the Barrel, for free. That's the digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com. Inside this book, you'll learn how to annihilate writer's block by embracing Elizabeth Gilbert's playful trickster mentality. You can learn to weaponize your anxiety with Kevin Kelly's different is better approach. And learn how to defend your time with Ryan Holiday's calendar anorexia mindset. There's just a few other ideas in the book, Ink by the Barrel. It's also based on over 400 interviews I've done right here on Creative Principles. So go steal that book right now, Ink by the Barrel, to learn how to be a prolific writer. You can get your copy that's digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com, B-R-O-C-K-S-W-I-N-S-O-N.com. If it's your first time here, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.